is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Going into the final week here in the National Hockey League before the big NHL All-Star Weekend, which JB and Sammy are looking forward to. You know what they didn't do? Shooting the meat patties in the gator's mouth. That one got... Next, I didn't see it on the list of what to expect. So, is there a list? I think so. Did you see the list? <laughs> I saw some events somewhere. I got to be honest. I have not committed myself to the All Star Game project. <laughs> so you're just you're going through uh, what you heard around the water cooler. <laughs> I love that I opened the show Monday with vague speculation about something like I've done no work on this at all. Well, why would you do work no, on that? Fair enough. Uh, fastest skater, save streak. You know, there's the Tendi tandem. I'm not going to pretend to know what it tendy is. Te- is that like the Teddy, the, where they throw teddy bears on the ice? No, Tendi tandem. Oh, Tendi. I thought you said Teddy. I think a goalie tries to shoot the puck in the far net, and then there's a save. Oh, no, no. It's um, it's just a board with a little hole in it. Just These two Tendies. <laughs> Isn't just, it? Just an intermission puck shoot. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Maybe that's We've regressed. It. Yeah. To shoot and win. Yeah. Hey, listen, that was invented people in love like, shoot and win. 1979. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, it doesn't sound like alligators are involved, so I'm disappointed. Well, I, mean, I, I don't... I, heard, I mostly wanted to make fun of it. I heard they couldn't cut a deal with uh, the, Gator the union. union. <laughs> the union. <laughs> Makes sense. All right. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandeo, Jen Rolnick, and our boy Sammy McKee here for the next two hours. In about 45 minutes, John Tavares is going to join us. Yeah. An actual Toronto Maple Leaf is going to come on live. Wow. We're not clipping. No kippers. Clippers, just JT live. What are we going to do? Ask him questions, well, I guess. Big 1,000th game. A mm-hmm. couple of uh, points in it. I heard he had 60 or 70 guests at the game. Do you think he paid for those tickets or no? We're going to ask him. 60 or 70, there's no way they're making him pay. Like, it's his 1,000th game. It can... Oh, he he paid. (laughs) He makes eleven million. They're probably like, yeah, one of the richest uh, MLS. He's one of the richest uh, sporting companies in the world. Uh, Like, you don't get that way by freebieing everybody in. Okay, we'll run it by him. I'm curious. That's that's a lot of tickets. Well, either he has his own box or he rented a box. I'm sure he jammed in everybody in there. Just Just packed into a box. Yeah, just like someone I know at Turtle Island used to do. Turtle Island. Oh, forget it. Okay. <laughs> Is this a Gord Stellick thing? No, it's a Teddy thing. Oh. Um, all right. John Tavares in about 45 minutes. And uh, I don't know, Sammy, we were kind of waffling. Darren, Darren Pang in or us. Darren Pang yeah. out? Panger's joining us. Today's the only day this week he could do. So we're uh, going to go to Ralphie tomorrow. You know, it's the the last minute stuff that gets the real producer, you know, gets your, your juices flowing, gets you texting and working around and all behind, but here we are. We made it. We made it. All right. And the Leafs made it through the weekend where they split a couple of uh, games. Losers to the Sens, 6-2 Friday night. And then they beat the Capitals 5-1. It was a little bit of a freaky Friday flip mm-hmm. where the Leafs were god-awful Friday night. God, they're lucky we didn't have a Saturday show. And Sunday, I thought the Washington Capitals were god-awful. I, You know what? And I don't say this often about teams. It's not a nice thing to say, but I thought they quit. 
I thought they just stopped playing. Like the Leafs had like ten odd man rushes in the third. They just just stopped playing. The complete no shows. Yeah. Whoever I saw on the ice, it was like, um, did you already make plans on All Star Weekend? <laughs> Sammy had a good point post game yesterday. Was that it looked like they got into town Saturday and had a Saturday night in Toronto, which I'm told can be a good time. It it was reflective of some humans who had enjoyed a Saturday night. Uh, yes. And that was after getting the first goal in the, ho- uh, in the hockey game on mm-hmm. a, on a uh, Nicholas Backstrom uh, goal that uh, he hasn't had, hadn't scored since last March. Wow. You know, uh, I guess they thought they could put their heels up at that point and just relax, but they didn't anticipate the fire of Pierre Engvall. Ah, Engvall was, I mean, as good as he's been, controlling play, skating it, shooting it, looking like a hockey player. Do you want to go to... Uh, a Kipper's Clipper on uh, Sheldon's overview of the game, or you yeah. want to go right to your uh, boy, Engvall? No, oh, let's start start with the big picture. Let's do that. Okay. It took, a while, it took a while for our game to get going. Our first period was, you know, a bit of uh, a bit quiet for us. You know, we didn't really get a whole lot happening uh, with our game uh, offensively. We got a few chances, but nothing sustained and, and didn't play the way we, we wanted to, that we had to really get skating after that. You know, they get a power play goal in the first period. That's the difference in the period. But I thought for us to really take over the game, we had to really get skating. So that was our message between periods. And I thought we really increased our pressure on the puck. And as a result, just got a lot a lot more territory, put them in some bad spots, and then our guys made good on their chances. Yeah. I don't I want to that. take anything away from the Leafs, but it was to your point a little bit that, like, Washington was so slow that it, it looked like second or third gear would have just been enough for the Leafs to to handle them, and that to me is what it looked like. Yeah, like and they didn't bring their A game no. on Sunday. No, they didn't need it though. To your point, um, you know they were good enough. You know they were as good as they had to be. They they were better than Washington. They deserve credit. A lot of the you know I mentioned Engvall. I thought the, a lot of the bottom six forwards looked pretty good. But yeah, to get back to the theme for me. That was a team that that Washington team didn't offer much pushback. You know, they like Keith said, they started putting him in some bad spots and forechecked a little harder. And Washington was very permissive, basically saying after you. And that is the type of game where a guy like Engvall just feasts. By the way, if you look at the Washington Capitals, and I don't know what their record is since John uh, uh, Carlson has been out, and he is not expected back at least through probably uh, the majority of the regular season. If mm. if they get into the playoffs, I, he, he should be able to come back since then. He makes a big deal for them. You make a big, big difference, uh, I'm trying I, to I say. Mean, he's just, they didn't have Tom Wilson, who's nursing a bruised uh, injury yeah. since he returned off of his uh, ACL surgery. So there's there's two guys. But uh, it's it's funny because you can watch John Carlson leave the Washington lineup and, they can't win two games in a row. Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, Morgan Riley and Muzzin has been, have been out and Leafs have had some great stretches. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a stat that the Leafs have only had their top six, if you don't count Jake Muzzin. Um, but they've only had their top six guys in eight of 50 games this season or 51 or whatever, where they've actually had Hall and uh, Gio and Sandine and Lilligren, Morgan and Brody. They're all there. They dominant in those games. That to me makes a big difference when they have all those guys. So, yep, uh, solid decor, but can't take on. I don't know. You don't want to be without Morgan for too long. Okay, if we're on to uh, the Morgan Riley uh, 
topic of conversation right now, scored a goal. He did. And uh, the reaction was uh, (laughs) one of hallelujah. (laughs) Yeah. Look into the heavens. I did. I think on this show, Sam and I committed to betting 10 bucks a game for Morgan Riley to score. Third game. Did you get it? I got it. I didn't. (laughs) 10 paid 70. uh, 70 bucks. Yeah. That's a good deal. I think if I bet that the rest of the year, I probably come out ahead. As in, he need to score once every like six games. I like his odds. You you really like your odds. The I'm just funny. Uh, like, why would they give you such good odds on that? Well, Morgan had ten goals because last he had, year. He had zero goals. I they know have, they have to entice <laughs> but he's you. To still, he's still he's he's not. Uh, I mean, he's not like your. He's not Victor Mete. Like, what would Victor Mete if he played? What would you, what, what odds would you get that? 1,400 or something. You know, like a lot. A lot. Because you're not winning the bet. You know? So they're, they're pretty good. They got that stuff pretty dialed in. I remember for a while when Austin Matthews was hot last year, um, if you bet 10 bucks on him to score a goal, you couldn't even win 10 bucks. Like, he was more oh, likely really? to score than not. So not well, the case with Riley. Um, is... Does Morgan Riley have to score here? Uh, like, I watch him, and watching the relief is everything you need to know about what this guy was feeling. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm. I'm just not sure. If I, if I was coaching him, I would tell him I'm. I'm not worried about no the offensive side of another, thing. Another goal. Yeah, what just a- take the weight. To, take that weight off his shoulders. Yeah, let's listen to him, and then I got something else on that. Let's listen to Morgan. <laughs> just just relief that's all uh it felt good got some good karma yesterday uh from easter seals uh so I was was out there with those guys a lot and smiling and uh you know i think that's what it was you made you good on your promise to them yeah and well i i wouldn't call it a promise it was more of a, a hopeful guess but <laughs> but uh that's about it i think a little johnny asked him to score a goal <laughs> apparently, apparently he did apparently he was catching some chirps that he hadn't scored Oh, yeah? Yeah, like some of the kids down there were kind of giving him a tough time that he hadn't put one in the back. Ah, that's nice. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up, kid. I'm here on my off day. It's a fast league. (laughs) Come on. Hey, this is the thanks I get. I do have... Scram, beat it. You know, do, do you think there's an element for Riley where hockey, I'm not... Hockey for at this point in his career, of his life, was maybe not the most important thing for a minute, you know, going into the season where it was like he had signed the nice extension. He's recently engaged, so he's obviously a serious relationship um, to Tessa Virtue. No, I'm saying he's got focus off. He has a contract. He has a serious relationship. The Leafs are told that the only thing that matters is playoffs. No one cares, Morgan. What do you guys do in the regular season? So I just, I'm saying... It wouldn't be beyond me if that was my life to say that... I'm going soft. I, well, I'm, a, I'm a pretty good hockey player. I'll go out there and just see how it goes. Not to mention he's handed... Oh, by the way, your partner tonight is Ben, and now it's Mete, and now it's... Um, Connor Timmons. Yeah, Timmons, and then it's it's everyone. It's Lilligren. So he hasn't exactly gone into this year like hockey. You know, hockey's the most important thing in my world, and maybe it's coming around now, right? Everything's... Borny and I touched a little bit on this last night in the postgame show, but it's... I don't know, it's unquantifiable how much different somebody looks when the puck enters the net off their stick. And right after Morgan Riley scored that goal, he just looked 
at least two times better than he'd looked the rest of the year to it's me. It's just nitrous. It just seemed to completely change him on the ice. Like, I just felt like you – I know we were talking about how dog do the, the Caps were, which is completely fair, but it just really looked like he almost took it over after that happened. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that uh, it, you know, what you're saying is completely out of left field. I mean, that those conversations have gone on forever when it comes to – Humans are human. Right? Uh I'd love to say I come in here with my exact the, the, the best one, every day, but sometimes it's a little less. The big one when, when we played. Working his bag off. <laughs> was, you know, towards the latter part of the season when some of the Europeans look like they've checked out and the thought that the world championships meant more to them than the Stanley Cup playoffs, mm-hmm. knowing that you don't get paid in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Sure. I mean, we're again it's human you know this better than i would better than anyone just that there's so much going on in your life and you know whether it's relationships or business deals that people have or you know like it's you know some guys are hockey obsessive and some guys are humans who play hockey and it's it can be tough i think sometimes to i'd fight my mom to win another stand (laughs) for 15 years be dialed in 100 percent every day The, the one thing with morgan though for me that's been a constant is that i when I watch him, it's almost as if he's like caught in the middle of of trying too hard. Being a offensive D man or just a D man? Yeah, yeah. Well, which are you, right? Like, well, it's yeah, it's just a, a maybe even a processing thing that sometimes he's just caught either pinching when he shouldn't be pinching or uh, jumping up on a rush when he shouldn't be, mm-hmm. and. Sometimes I think that just comes from trying too hard. I wish there was a slide bar, like zero to a hundred for aggressiveness, and you could toggle it for a player. Because I'd like to make him a little bit less aggressive, like a little bit less risk taking, and just a little bit more with his bit speed. More TJ Brody mentality. Yeah, and uh, right, and I, I know we don't want Riley to be Brody, but to no. err on the side of being Brody rather than being Eric Carlson if you had to pick which guy you were going to try to play like, because I think his natural offensive abilities would come out. If he's in the defensive side of the puck, opportunities will present themselves, and he'll take advantage of it. I don't think he needs to create where there's nothing present. All right. TJ Brody back in the lineup. Let's go to Sheldon Keefe on uh, having him back. What do you make of uh, TJ's performance in his first game back here? Solid. Just great to have him back. <laughs> That's the most Brody clip of all time. Why didn't he feel like he needed to go into this like four minute? Uh, how brilliant he is! Like yeah. the majority of his team. Do you guys think we talk about anyone on the Leafs less than TJ Brody? Uh that's a good question. Yeah, just move on. I would love statistics on the amount of times we say each player's name over the course of a year. That might be the biggest compliment. Is that huge? That's that's where I was going to that. We don't. uh, It's not a problem. Not an issue. Not a problem. Nothing stands out uh, mistake wise. He's He's, a B plus every night. He's turned himself into a very good referee. (laughs) (laughs) Where where we don't complain about him, it's a good night. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty remarkable the fact that. He came here on a somewhat big uh, free agent ticket. It was, I think, what, what did he make? Four times four, five. Four times five for, yeah. was it four years that four he signed years, that contract? Million, yeah. And he plays on the top pair of <laughs> the, the Toronto, Toronto Maple, Maple Leafs. Leafs 
and we never have a conversation about him. <laughs> it's just it, it, that it's the first time in the history of this team that that's happened. Because we all look at each other and you're like, you know, king of the you hill. Know, you, know, you, know, know why, well. you want to know why the biggest reason for that is? Because he's in that perfect soft spot where five million isn't too little and it's not too much. He's it's paid. just it's porridge. He's probably worth six. He gets paid five. Okay. It's in the perfect sweet spot. If this guy was making six five, six two five, you go. He never does anything. Doesn't what? do anything. I don't even notice him out there. there. <laughs> yeah. Right? What's he bringing to the table? Why are we paying this guy seven? That's uh, that's why the salary cap's so stupid. <laughs> yeah, right. We shouldn't even. Have oh, to, another reason. Well, why. no, but we it's true. Doesn't know what these guys make. Like, well, no. It's, I think TJ Brody's the perfect test case in this because he gives them value at five million dollars. It's like, oh, he's. Really good defensively, doesn't score a whole lot, if ever. Don't notice him. But if he's making $1 million more, we're like, oh, I need more production out of him. Like, it's it's ridiculous. There's a lot of Islanders fans, like old school Islanders fans that I'll talk to that'll be like, you know, no one appreciated Kenny Morrow. Like, Kenny Morrow was this guy, who, you know, hard-nosed guy, did the right thing. If Ken Morrow made $6 million and was worth five, they'd have buried him. You know, like the fact that anyone has to, we don't have a clue what Kenny Morrow made. And he's beloved because of it. You're right. The salary cap buries a lot of these guys who aren't the flashy ones on the team. Kenny Morrow. <laughs> that is your Kenny, Kenny Morrow, Morrow block of the show. <laughs> From the 1980 gold medal team to five Stanley Cups. Did he win a fifth? I, I don't know. know. He's a part of the four. With the no, he's just the four yeah. with the Islanders. Just the four with yeah. the Islanders. He, he retired in 88, 89. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Nice story. Yeah, great. <laughs> First time he got brought up in this show. <laughs> he gets mentioned hey. as often as TJ Brody. <laughs> all, all for sixty grand a year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're in car salesman money, and off he goes. <laughs> yeah, fans love. That's him. not the. Uh, that's not the what we're talking about. Well, and I, and to be honest, we could talk about a couple people about with the money thing because Tavares is the star of the show here today. Pierre Engvall is a relevant guy. We're going to talk about. You know, and and you can't act like we don't view those players through the lens of their contract. I I will. The, I think the time I do notice Brody is when he's going back on a puck. When it goes back into his corner or back along his boards, it usually comes out in good shape. Two like on just, ones too. When he's yes. defending a two on one, I'm he's I'm okay with it being him. I want yeah. it to be him. Yeah. I read TJ Brody. Note. No, we're good. We're good. <laughs> what else do you say? <laughs> and and for me. If I was playing him in a best of seven, I'd dump it into his corner all day long and just try to hammer him. Yeah. It's funny. I, he's been here three years and you've never he, seen him he, upset. Well, two he's, years? He's, he's a guy that I think, you know, you'd want to avoid what Sam's talking about. Going in, picking up clean, and then making a great first pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he's not flashy. He just wants it to yeah. go north. Just get it out of here. I don't really care how we do this. Okay, you mentioned Pierre Engvall, a bit of a whipping boy in the last few years, you think, Sammy, for Sheldon? I think probably not just for Sheldon, Kipper. <laughs> <laughs> for you? Maybe a guy sitting behind the glass. Yeah. Uh, you you got to be warming up a little bit to him. No. No. Good no. answer. No. no. This is just covered in change. Does he play not, well? This hey. is the annual this is the annual smoke and mirrors. Okay. We have uh, every year we have this conversation where he gets hot for a couple weeks. He's going north. So predictable. 
It happens every year. Have a good pocket of play in the middle of the season when other teams get sloppy. I can't wait to hear Sheldon Keefe. I I want to get a a, a sense that he's warming up a little bit more than you, Sammy. Let's have a listen. He's done a good job. You know, I think he's he's found his way through some inconsistencies to, for me, the last, I'd call it 15 games, he's... He's really, he's really done a good job for us, both in transporting the puck, you know, getting the puck to the net, scoring some timely goals for us. Um, I'm happy with his game for sure. I mean, I think he's a guy that can, can continue to grow and always can give us more, but uh, I think we've really been happy with his, his, you know, the last segment of games for him. Found his way, Sammy. He's found his way. He's found his way to zero goals in 17 playoff games. Oh, jeez. That's an indictment. He's got 10 on the season, though. Listen, this is his Super Bowl. Against a team that's slow and not trying to hit, it's when he's going to look his best. Listen. You know who'd love every, him? Everyone is going to get tricked again. Like, Kyle Dubas going to get tricked again. Keith going to get tricked again. <laughs> Everybody's going to get but tricked again. But if they get tricked again, they're out of work. You realize that, right? 100%. Everybody's out of work. I completely agree. I don't think Kyle Dubas be out of work. This is Engvall's last season. It's actually really interesting at 2.25, like what his next contract looks like. Guy who scored three. He got 15 last year. He's going to get 15 yeah. this year. He'll three get, plus. He'll get three million with the Edmonton Oilers next year. Oh no, he's uh, he, he's he he has done enough to to warrant uh, probably a million dollar raise. But see, this is so funny that we talk about you talk about him as someone who deserves a raise because we don't ever come on here and go like he was amazing last game and we're still like oh yeah Engvall. And it, is he the ultimate, most frustrating guy? I just think of him coming out of the D zone with the puck, and he's so long and so fast that he's always pulling away from whoever's chasing him. Like, he does so much good, and I, I just can't help but come in here and be like, I don't know about that guy. If your pro scout caught him on the right night, you'd be like, we got to trade a first for him. Holy crap. He plays for the He is the last... To Sheldon's point, the last 12, 15 games, he's skating the puck more. Really well. He's he's cutting a, a lot harder with he the puck. He shoots it like as well he's as as pro- hard as anyone. He's protecting the puck more, so and long. he's finding post and in yeah. now. I, yeah, I know. Like, he's I'm got not, zero and seventeen playoff games. Do you think he's going to get uh, some this year? I wish he would accidentally run over somebody. I know, run just bump into someone. That's not him, and it's not his game. So, so Kipper, he's going to score a big playoff yeah. goal. Book it. So that's perfect. So going into the first round matchup against the Tampa Bay Lightning, you're happy and comfortable with him as you're on your third line going up against Tampa. I am. I am. Uh, there's nothing that... Tricked. That, You've been uh, hoodwinked. Uh, there's, there's nothing that uh, makes me comfortable about anything. Okay. Okay, let's get <laughs> okay. that straight. We are now in a the best of a... I'm not going to say bad situation, but not an ideal situation. He falls into the best of not an ideal situation situation a six foot got five guy who doesn't like to hit when he's going he's going right at 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 15 17 20 goals i need six foot five to at least make people nervous to move the puck faster five nine then and just enjoy what you get out of him at that height mid (laughs) he's got like he's got such a great like he is such a great looking player Oh, he is. The, um, and I'm not even talking, about, about, not even talking about the mirror with him. Like, he's a great-looking <laughs> player. I was thinking about it driving in today. And, you know, the Max Talbot goals or the whoever it is in Game 7 that yeah. gets you a couple of random ones. Kalorn, Kalat. Someone who you're like, oh, who, you know, you know, Nick Paul gets their game winner in, oh, sorry, against the Leafs. Who's their Fernando Pisani? 
her Fernando Pisani's a great one. Engvall's going to get a goal this year in playoffs. Can we get a clip Listen, of that? Engvall's going to get a huge goal a for goal. the Leafs in well, playoffs. Oh, this that'd year. be nice. And if, if it's one, it, it still won't be enough. No, it's going to be like an OT winner or something. Everyone's going to be like, Engvall. It's coming, it boys. Just. If Engvall gets an OT winner in the playoffs in the first round, I will sit in there with you guys and do the show topless. <laughs> Sammy, please. I mean, <laughs> that's a book it, lock. I usually uh, eat just prior to the show starting. You can't throw that stuff out. You need to get sunglasses. Yeah, we'll finally, we'll finally have a sponsor. We'll all be wearing the milk logo <laughs> for you for that day. Uh, that's great. Anyways, uh, are we Engvall out? Uh, Brody and Engvall show you. People must be riveted right now. Uh, with with the rise of Engvall means like. Kerfoot's taken on a little bit of a lesser role or a less noticeable. Any concerns there? Um, uh, you know, or is here's, he, here's is he how a three and a half million fourth line guy? Here's how I feel about it. The other day, and I'll give Sammy full credit for this because he's the guy who mentioned it. When Holmberg was the second line center and Keith saw like what, 30 minutes of that. And yeah. as you mentioned, they were like, get Kerfoot back up there. The line instantly looks better with Kerfa there, right? You know, he's just, he's that guy that can handle being in that spot. Yeah. He's not a centerman. He's not a no, top six guy. No. But it's better than uh, seeing what Holmberg's got. of not an ideal situation because yeah. now I got two left wingers that don't really like to run into people. Yeah. I mean, that it is going to come down to that level for the the Leafs. Are you able to find a physical engagement level to handle the first round? I mean, it's not a Neanderthal topic. It's going. It's a real hockey topic. I saw Taylor Hall play the Tampa Bay Lightning the other day and run into Vasilevsky and Tampa players fighting each other to get to Taylor Hall. And then everyone in Boston fighting to get to the Tampa players. And it was like this level of engagement and animosity that I was like, that's coming. So Engvall's not going to be able to skate away from Brandon Hagel when he wants to punch him in the face, and neither's Kerfoot. Are you tough enough to play this game? <laughs> and that's Taylor Hall. Like, I know. Not- one-time MVP of the league. Yeah. Now on some nights, third-line winger. Yep, knows his role, gets in there, skates hard, takes it to the net. So it's just a matter of these guys having to find that level in the postseason, not asking them to do it for 82 games. I'm just gonna like I've, I've my concerns are just still very high about the bottom six of the Leafs, and I want it to be better. And I'm not sure how they afford to make it better, but I want it to be better and bigger. I believe we're four weeks from the trade deadline today. Are, are you telling like that. me that uh, an Aston Reese backhand goal that, that made that that made it five? Was it 5-1? Yes. The 5-1 goal isn't one of those moments where you go, yes, now the fourth line is solidified with the... You condescending. Um, I mean, no. Pat Mahomes was driving for a touchdown at that point. I might not have have seen that one. No, it was a nice goal. Great touch. It was a great goal. Really nice move. But, like, all these guys are just the same guy. Every guy that, like, the, the sort of crew that they're rotating in and out, it's just there's no difference to them they all don't really have a pop or they don't have a identifiable skill it's a hard like joey anderson's not in the lineup in playoffs to start if everyone's healthy right he's you don't think 
Was that, if, if, was, as presently constant? How is? many games have I watched him play? Was, was it last night scored. he had an empty net? Yes, it was last night. Oh, my God, he missed so bad. Was it was that Anderson? Oh, I thought that was Ken. I was just, Both of them had. Off been, the Engvall pass, yeah, back door? Yeah. I'm not sure, like, you know, whether they score or not. I, at, at the end of the day, it won't really matter whether you're in the lineup or guy, not. But you can't miss those opportunities when you're no. – when you don't know, you're a bench NBA player, and you get garbage minutes. You can't miss a layup. You know, <laughs> you just can't. So that how how much longer do you go through uh, fourth line tryouts before you have to go off the board? I'm hoping off the board is coming soon, because as presently constituted, it's a huge issue for the Leafs going up against Tampa. Do you guys think here with Boston losing three in a row? Can you squint and talk yourselves into, a, you know, there's 30 games left in the season. The Leafs catching their 11 points back. Oh, no. They got three games against Boston. <laughs> Thank it? you, Derek. Three games against Boston, 11 points. I think that's a pretty good question for the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs. In about 15 minutes, John Tavares is joining us. Is he really? That's what exciting. What do you think? That's great. You going to ask him that? I'll ask him, sure. Should we, should we talk about Matt Murray? Uh, Can I, do you want me to give you Tavares' answer before I ask it? No. We're just hear him say that. No, okay. no, I want to okay. hear. I want to hear your answer. He's going to say that um, you know they just can control what's in front of them, get the points they can, you know, and see how things shake out. That's really true. <laughs> That's right. Or he could say, "Yeah, we got them. they're dead." Well, those Bruins, they're no good. We're not afraid of them. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not going to the All Star Game. I'm going to the Bahamas. I'm yeah. going to rest up. I plan on resting up some more. Uh, no, we can't catch him. That'd be amazing. Oh my God! Please, God, let him say that. <laughs> We're just getting ready. Yeah. We're going to be well rested we for Tampa. We haven't even started there. playing yet. I'm not even trying. Um, would Wait, you like to hear? Keep hey, talking. Y- you know that story will grow though when, uh, if and when they beat the Boston Bruins on Wednesday. I yeah, I could really see them beating the Bruins like badly on Wednesday. Six two. Yeah, like something crazy because like. The Bruins are... And then we come in here and go, oh, my... And it just doesn't matter at all. You know, can you picture it? Like, yeah. I, like it might matter because then you're only how many points back? Nine points back? Like, it's you can, can start convincing yourself. You know what the worst part about that, though? They can win 6-2 and we'll come in here and go, wow, you know, but it probably doesn't matter. But if they lose 6-2 to the Bruins, we're going to have a crisis show about how they can't hang. Welcome to Sports Talk Radio, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you can't win. It's oh, still... It's unfair. It is still hard for teams to catch teams, and I know it's only just Toronto well, to Boston. Florida beats Boston the other night. Boston gets the loser point, and you know, like it's inches along. It's just even Florida has been pretty good lately, and they cannot. It's still hard for them to close. Still, two teams in front of them to get the playoffs. They are how many points back? Three points back of the last spot with two teams between them. You know, we're hearing all this stuff about the Metro having five teams in there. Uh, after watching the Capitals and the Penguins lately, like, I'm not sure it won't be five teams from the Atlantic. Like, Buffalo is apparently unbelievable. They're plus 20 goal differential. Florida's minus five. Pittsburgh's plus eight. Like, they look good. Pitt losing at home in regulation. To the Sharks. To the Sharks. That sucked. And did they, did they blow it late, too, or oof. something? Yeah, oof. 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 Okay. Uh, um, you mentioned Matt Murray. We got to mention Samsonov. Let's go to Sheldon Keefe on his goaltender on the weekend. You know, not an easy game for him either, right? I mean, he's been rolling well. He's been playing a lot more than 
we would like him to or that he was intended to. Uh, obviously, he didn't get the day off that we thought he might. Um, and then, you know, the, the game doesn't go well for him the other night too. So all of that, and then you put in, bring in his, own, his old team into town, and I thought he was excellent. Uh, you know, we, the guys did a really good job in front of him, particularly in periods two and three. But, yeah, I thought he was good, and it's, it's a really good game for him, good win for him, good win for our team, and a good example of what we didn't have the other night in terms of the team taking care of the goaltender. So I thought it was good all the way around. The team taking care of him. Interesting note, because that game against the Senators, which, again, we haven't talked about, that was atrocious. Yeah, it was really bad. But... It, 82 of these guys, there's just going to be some nights every team you has just it. don't have it. Not even a question, right? Worst game of the season. Yeah. Yeah, and just, again, you know, maybe it's just unique to, like, the games I've seen lately. But, like, see, I don't know if you watch any of the Jets lose to the Flyers on Saturday night. But kind of look like they quit a little bit, you know, the, the other night. It just seems like teams right now, you go down a couple of goals. It's game 50. Kinda, I don't know. There's I'm just... We really are seeing a lull in competitiveness leading up to the yeah. All-Star break as far as I'm concerned. And my apologies. Saturday night was date night. I didn't get to see you on Hockey Night in Canada. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> Canadian Senators. <laughs> it was... Uh, it, it just t- seemed t- ideal. Tough night for matchups, let me tell you. Did the <laughs> just best seemed an ideal time to take my wife for dinner. Yeah. When I, when I saw... Took her to Pizza Hut uh, when you Otto- saw the matchups. Ottawa versus Montreal. <laughs> How about you, Sammy? Uh, I was at a party. Um, Went to a party. Watch uh, watch wrestling. Actually, uh, Royal Rumble party. Sorted out your uh, sock drawer, or um... no, I sorted out some uh, some beverages. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Ridley Gregg was really good, guys. If you're interested, oh. and, yeah. who? Yeah, exactly. So, I had left the show on Friday, mm-hmm. thinking we were going to see Matt Murray play, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, by the time I get into the alumni box, I look up and I'm like, oh, Sammy gave me a bad scoop. Said Matt Murray was in. He's not. So, ankle. 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 But how strange. So, like, he had been fine for a period of time. It had been a nagging injury, it sounds like. And then. Took warm up. Took stayed, warm up. Right? And Backed he, up. He couldn't have gone. He got asked after. Yes. And Couldn't it was, have gone. It, was a, it would have been an e-bug. So what, are they just bluffing the other yeah. team or something? Probably. And no like, point in, like, rushing our, you know, crashing into our goalie because we have a backup? Yeah, so he was sitting on the bench there. It's not, <clears throat> why is he even involved if he's, like, this guy's, like, a really got a bad injury history. You obviously want to keep him healthy around the, the playoffs or whatever. But why is he even there if he's not feeling right? What, like, it was just, it, yeah. You put yourself in an unnecessarily weird situation. For to have to throw your red hot goalie in when he didn't know he was going to be starting, it just was a really odd situation. Funny too, because like he gets hit by a Nylander shot before he heads to the bench and warm up. Like he, there's one up by his ears and he tries to catch it yeah. and he misses and it hits him in the collarbone and then he skates off. And Head high clapper at the end of warm up. Every goalie loves that. Yeah, well, Willie did go over to went over <laughs> uh, and apologize. I would hope so. Yeah. But it wasn't that bad. It was like, he probably could have caught it. And I thought that was the issue. It turns out he just has a bad glove, and that didn't even hurt him. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it, you know, do you got to get a goalie? Do you have to get a goalie? Like, is J- Joseph Wall, you're going to go with Samsonov and 
maybe Murray and Joe, Joe Wall, who's played no games in the NHL this year, or Shalgren. Do you need the David Riddich trade, the third for a guy who you could at least be gumming the dam yeah. if there's a hole? That is a, uh, that's a question that uh, they're going to have plenty of time during All-Star break and then their, their bye week to think about. Well, Thatcher Demko. You get Demko? Canucks trying to turn things around. Elliot saying they'd maybe be potentially, possibly, perhaps open to moving him. Uh, no. Okay. Nope. Okay. Can't see it. Just from Vancouver. Well, the Leafs, it's a waste of assets. You have so many places to spend. What's Demko's? Uh, no, don't look con- at his numbers this year. Oh, his contract. Yeah, his oh, contract. His numbers this year. Yeah. <laughs> really no, no. Well, but, uh, he had, well, they he, have Curtis Sanford, though, so. He had, uh, oh, that's true. He had signed a new extension there, right? He yeah. did. I think it's four times five or five times five. I'll pull it up for you. I didn't know what you wanted. Um, it is. Oh, it starts now. Oh, he's on IR. There it is. Five, five times years. four more years. So this year plus three more. Five it's Murray's number. Times. It's Murray's number. Essentially. So this year and then three seasons after, five million bucks. Just if just to kind of touch on your thought process here, this year. like Demko prior to signing that contract was considered one of the better younger up and comers. I mean, he's just turned 27. He's six foot four, 195. He was a 915 last year, 915 the year before. Who has proven that he can hit some high levels? Yeah, 915 on the Canucks and 64 starts, by the way. What do you think that would cost? Yeah, like so much. I mean, probably, right? I make a first and a prospect type of thing, which you want to spend so many other places. Exactly. So it's it's not so much that you wouldn't want Demko for that. It's that you got other problems to worry about. I think it's also that you – it is a little bit scary to de- try to depend on Murray, though, like on the flip side of this, right? Very. Like you're – you have him in the net saying he's going to start, and then he comes out and says, I'm not going to start. and. In the warm-up. You know, and one of the That's Stanley a- Cups he won, he wasn't available due to injury until the final, right? Uh, not taken away from no, no, his absolutely. whatever, but it is relevant that he is a guy that even in his best years, this has been an issue. Um, this is not ideal, and this was something that I think Leaf Management was hoping would look after itself, mm-hmm. but it it's out there now. Yeah. It is out there, and yeah. Before we break to get to Tavares, do you want to hear what Keith said about Tavares? Do you guys want to do yes, that before we get to Yes, let's do that. Yeah, he's, you know, he's a consummate pro, and, you know, this is a big day for him. And, and you know, when it's not a regular game. For a guy like him that is routine uh, and as regimented as he is, you know, there'd be a lot of stuff happening today that would be out of the norm. Uh, but for him to work through that, still enjoy the moment, enjoy the special time with his family, uh, and then go out and, and play and perform and, and uh, be a part of the win the way he was, it's a great way to finish it off. Okay, we're going to touch on that and a ton more uh, with the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs, John Tavares, is going to join us after the break. Don't want to miss it. Uh, Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee. We're back after these words. Diving deep into the biggest stories in Toronto sports and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkus Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, settling in. As we await uh, the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs, John Tavares. Uh, looked like a real busy weekend for him, didn't it, JB? Yeah. You know, it was interesting hearing Keith talk about how different it would be routine-wise for him, someone who really sticks to a structure. I actually read a Jason Spezza quote recently that talked about how regimented Tavares is in terms of prioritizing his time and everything. So, yeah, different type of weekend where your kids are around before the game, you're shaking hands with, you know, everyone who's uh, someone in the organization. Very different. Uh, how about you? Were you like that at all in terms of how uh, strict you are? You were on... Uh... <laughs> on a game-to-game basis and what you liked, what you didn't like? I regret not being more like that, to be honest. I think it was an immaturity thing on my part and something you learn. A lot of players take too long to learn. Okay, as promised, let's welcome in the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs, John Tavares. Uh, uh, JT, thank you very much for joining us. I'm sure it's an off day for you and and one that uh, uh, you may need after recharging your batteries. Uh, How busy was it for you? Yeah, it was very busy. Uh, thanks for having me on, but, uh, yeah, I think, uh, obviously a lot of, um, a lot of great things yesterday, um, obviously playing and, and just, uh, everything that went with it, uh, being a, a pretty cool milestone to hit. So definitely feeling, uh, some of that today, but it's all good. And, uh, nice to have a couple of days here, uh, before we're back at it on Wednesday. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, been a whirlwind. So, uh, uh, JB here to JT uh, <laughs> is really concerned about uh, how expensive it was for you this weekend. Uh, how many tickets was it, JB? Sixty or seventy? Do you say Are that many people at the game? <laughs> yeah. So the you know it was um, it was really fortunate. I think uh, the organization uh, was very helpful in that regard, and my teammates as well uh, with our allotted tickets and, wow. and uh, the way they uh, stepped up to the plate and took good care of me there. Um, I definitely owe him one. So, but uh, yeah, there was, there's still some expenses to the week uh, weekend for sure. Um, I let my wife handle those and I'll just continue to try to focus on playing some good hockey. That's great. It sounded, I mean, it was beautiful seeing your kids out there with the silver sticks and all that, like in, you know, in Toronto, uh, you know, somewhere where you grew up wanting to play, obviously just such a cool moment for you. When you watch that video back before the game and were maybe you were reflective on your own career, you know, what are you most proud of? What were you thinking about watching that video? Well, I think there's lots of things. Um, I think, uh, obviously, definitely very proud of myself. Of You know, just, I think, the commitment, the work ethic, you know, the sacrifice and dedication. And, mm-hmm. and, and really, it's really all those things because it's, I think just the love of the game and, and uh, you know, the same feelings I get when I put my skates on. Um, you know, even though there's different components now from when you're a kid to, to being a professional and playing in the NHL, but uh, uh, the same feelings uh, I get and excitement um, to play the game and to compete are the same as I was, I have as, as a kid. Um, so I think just a lot of that, and I think there's a lot of gratitude for a lot of people uh, and obviously two great organizations and a big part of my career and, and helped me get to this point and where I'm at. So um just really, uh, really grateful for that, and, and obviously, really special, like you said, um, to have this uh, this uh, this game and this milestone uh, where I grew up and to have so many people 
that were all part of that, uh, either through my childhood and, and, you know, coming up through junior hockey and then obviously professionally. So um, it's really nice to share with, with them and, and with my teammates and, and the organization. So um, all in all, it was a great day. We're joined with the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs, John Tavares. Uh, JT, on this show, we often break down Sheldon Keefe's every word <laughs> right down to the nitty-gritty. One of them today uh, was in regards to your structure, your routine. For some of those listening out there, I mean, what does he mean? What's a what's a game-by-game situation with you if, uh, if it's a 7 o'clock start and you know, the, the things that you go through, maybe you can kind of quickly let our listeners and our watchers understand what they mean when you they talk about your routine. Well, I, you know, something that gives has always kind of given me a lot of confidence and, and probably something I've, you know, just realized and picked up, picked up on are things that I've, I've learned from different people throughout my career um, and just getting a sense of who I am as a player is just, it's just preparation and it gives me a lot of confidence and, and helps me feel good. And, and uh, not that I really want to be so strict, but I think, you know, you want to develop a really good process and habits that, you know, put you in the best possible, you know, state of mind. And I think uh, obviously physically on a day-to-day basis and, and, you know, as I get older, um, you know, just your better understanding, you've been through it a lot of times and, and, the, and the more that you learn, whether about yourself or just, the things that can make a difference for you over over a long grind and, and the challenges of being consistent and playing at a at a high level and an elite level that you know I want to push for and and be at and, and um, what I expect of myself. So there, there's a lot of lot, a lot of things that uh, I think are important that uh, you know I try to take care of from you know just even the simple things of uh, you know routine of just when you go to bed when you wake up and you know obviously how uh, you take care of yourself the way you eat and hydrate and and uh, all the other things that uh, are a big part of uh, you know recovery and performance uh, these days that uh, a lot of science has gotten behind so um, you know something I've uh, been intrigued about and and seen from other athletes or players the guys I've been around or obviously throughout our staff and, and the things they bring to our attention and you know you're as as, as I'm getting older, continuing to refine those things that uh, I can still obviously play at an elite level and, and uh, um, continue to make the most of this opportunity and, and just enjoying playing the game. So uh, something I enjoy and something that helps uh, bring me confidence and helps me feel prepared. So um, and, and obviously being a father now and having a family, you know, managing my time is extremely important and maximizing uh, all that and, and making sure that uh, – uh, you know, that's priority number one for me in my life. So um, that's part of it as well. It really puts a lot of things in perspective and kind of weeds out of maybe a lot of things that you used to do or the way you used to spend your time and, and allocate it and whatnot that, uh, um, you know, it's helped me kind of um, even dial those things uh, even a little bit more. John, when you look at that, uh, you know, the career arc for yourself again, I'm, you know, thinking of watching you at the Islanders in your early days. Obviously, as a player coming into the league, it, there's just a lot of go-go and show everyone what you can do. Has your style changed intentionally in, in any way? Like, do you feel like what, you know, when you go into a game and you talk about your routine, what you're trying to accomplish and what you're trying to bring, has that always been the same or has it evolved as you've evolved over the years? Oh, yeah, no question that's evolved, I think. You know, as a young, uh, young player, and obviously, you know, a lot of expectations, and I think even just for me, that what I expected of myself, you know, you want to come in and you want to prove yourself. Um, and and I think, you know, you never have to, you, you always constantly have to uh, prove yourself. But I think to establish, maybe to, better to say that to establish myself as a player in a league and as a good player, and, and obviously 
pushing to be an all-star and an elite player and counted on in a lot of areas and, and the strength of my game, obviously, offensively. And what I was able to do as a, as a kid and through junior hockey, obviously, you, you know, you, you want to find that confidence and, and, and bring that ability. In, and then it's, you know, really fine tuning, you know, the, yeah, the, the areas of your game that need some work and some polishing and some of that comes through experience. And obviously, um, you know, um, you know, playing in the league and, and understanding the league and, and obviously, uh, you know, what you learn that uh, is important to help bring success uh, to all parts of your game and how they all, how they all become connected. Um, as I've really come to kind of realize over, over this, you know, last few years of my career, how, how, how important that is. And I think, you know, my role is, you know, probably changed um, over the last few seasons, especially I think with Sheldon coming in and he's been great um, uh, in helping me with that, especially with, you know, just the way, you know, Austin has become one of the best players in the world and, and how our team dynamic has kind of worked out. Um, just how you approach things and um, having a feel for your game and the team and, and how that dynamic works and how you can make the biggest impact possible. Um so, you know, I've tried to take a lot of pride in that and, and enjoy that enjoy that part, that evolution part and continuing to find the areas or, or the mindset that you want to attack and, and improve upon and, and, and see how things can kind of evolve. And, and you know, when you when you play and gain experience, you see other guys around the league or guys that you've played with who have been through that and, and you can pick up things here and there and, and you, you learn from all those things. So that's the benefit of, um, you know, you know, playing in, in a thousand games now or 14 seasons and um, that evolution, I think it's critical to always think just what you did yesterday is going to work tomorrow um, can be a little bit short-sighted. Um, but in saying that, I also think it's important to know what your strengths are and to be good at your strengths because that is always kind of the foundation of your game. And then again, it doesn't hurt and uh, there must be some sort of uh, comfort uh, in looking over your side and either seeing Marner or Nylander, what do you, you and Austin just draw straws before the game and there's really no loser either way. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it's a big, big reason why I, I, I came here. You know, you, you see what those guys were doing and they're even in just on their, you know, coming into the league as, as extremely young players, so much expectation, uh, a lot of attention, uh, especially playing in, in Toronto and, and what that that brings and uh, their ability to handle it and obviously their skill sets and the ex- exceptional talents they all are. Um, you obviously want to, you know, play with good players and, and seeing where they were at in their careers and, and where I was at in mine and, and knowing, uh, um, you know, the opportunity of the contract I was going to be able to sign and, and uh, it made a lot of sense and, and was, you know, part of the decision-making process. So, um, no doubt, uh, anytime you get to play with elite players like that, it just makes the game that much easier, and, and you learn so much more about the game um, and get so much better. Uh, I talk a lot about, you know, in practice, you know, going go, whether it's going up against Austin or, or you're, you know, you're working together in whatever we're doing in, in, you know, our team settings or some of our skill development work, you just get so much better being around those types of players and, and challenging yourself, going up against them every day, and, and you gain, obviously, so much respect for them and love playing with them, but... Uh, they also help make you better. You know, so cool seeing your kids with the Islanders patch and the Leafs patch on their little jackets. You know, I'm curious about what the difference is in your relationship with Long Island and your different relationship with Toronto. Obviously, both positive experiences on the balance. Just wonder what's different. I know it's a tough market here in Toronto, given all the media attention. And obviously, I, I imagine there's a lot of noise at being your hometown. 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, different, uh, uh, different places, but both obviously incredibly uh, special to me and impactful to me. Um, you know, being just a young kid getting drafted uh, first overall, the Island is a tremendous honor. And obviously I took that with uh, tremendous pride and um, tried to give it everything I have every single day and really embraced, uh, embraced being an Islander. Um, and it's uh, obviously a, a very passionate and proud fan base um, and, and the organization on so we're uh, working hard and, and doing the best we can to try to turn things around and, um, you know, have a lot of great memories from uh, tremendous relationships built there. And obviously it was a big part of me growing up and, and becoming the player and person I am. And obviously just a really unique opportunity um, when things kind of came together and decided to come to Toronto. Um, at the end of the day, I just, I love to play the game and, and, um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, different things and, and things that you can read or listen to or watch or see. But at the end of the day, I think you, I, I just try to go out there and give it everything I have and believe in my ability and have fun and know that uh, getting to play in a market like Toronto um, with the history and tradition of the organization and obviously an unbelievable fan base, um, it, it doesn't get much better than that. So, you know, it's, uh, it, it's really special, I think. You know that's what makes it makes it great. Is, is expectations are high and people want the team to do so well, so badly um, that you know. I think 99% of the things that I hear or when I'm in around town and people see uh, is all so positive and and you know I think they love the team, watch the team and and, and the type of players that we have. So um, you know just continue to work at it and obviously for us to find a way to break through. We're talking to John Tavares, the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, uh, JT. Just going into the last 30 games as, as one of the leaders on the team, where is the focus these last 30 games? We're watching a Boston Bruins team absolutely run away with a lot of things so far in this National Hockey League regular season. But, uh, you know, is that something that you guys discuss in the dressing room? Uh, a, a couple of losses, uh, a win by you guys. Is that something that uh, you have to keep uh, an eye on? Is there is there believers that... Uh, you can still make this thing close in the Atlantic division. Well, I think all we can do is control what we can, can control. And, and obviously that's with our play and trying to earn the results that we need. And, and however that falls, um, we'll see. I think obviously they've been, they've been playing at a, you know, a record, a record rate, um, which has been really impressive. Um, I think at the end of the day, we know the road to the, to get to where we want to get to is going to be extremely difficult. Um, the East overall, and, and obviously our division is is uh, tremendously tough. I think we saw that last year as well. Um, so I, I think it's just continuing to build our game. Obviously, earn the results that we need, and see see where things fall. Um, obviously, you want to put yourself in the best possible possible position. Um, and so you know, continuously, honestly, just trying to take things day by day, as boring as it can sound. Sound sometimes. It's such a long season, long grind. And you're looking at the big picture a lot, you know, it, it, it can, I don't want to say it becomes overwhelming, but I, I think it takes away from just the focus of, of how you can just get a little bit better today. And, 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 you know, things can continue to snowball and we can continue to get better, work through the adversity or the challenges that we do face or the things that can, you know, maybe uh, we haven't been as good on uh, throughout the season or through recent stretches and whatnot. Um, so I, I think first and foremost, it, it's, uh, just trying to take care of uh, uh, what we can and what we have to. Um, obviously, uh, we have some great tests coming up, uh, starting with Boston on Wednesday um, before our break. And 
um, you know that that's a great chance uh, to go out there and earn two points. And, and if it can if it can chip away at things, that that's great. And we'll obviously want to take advantage of that. Well, we know you could have easily gone to Miami along with uh, Willie Nylander. Um, you're not, so uh, w- w- maybe headed up to Collingwood or Niagara Falls for the break. Um, big plans? Beach it. Uh, yeah, no, not, nothing crazy. I think it would be great to, uh, to spend some time uh, uh, with the family and, and try to enjoy uh, uh, some winter. So I'm... I'm I'm actually headed up to uh, Mont-Tremblant for a few days. There you go. Yeah, winter has been, it hasn't, it's been a little, a little different in, in, uh, in Teal this year. So it'll be good to uh, um, get them on the skis and, and just, just to relax, just, just nice to enjoy some, some uh, peace and quiet and, and some, some good time with them. And um, it'll be good. It'll be really nice. Well-deserved. Uh, we really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on our show. Thank yeah. Thanks so Thank much. That is. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs, John Tavares. That was a good interview. That was great. See how I try to keep the money in Canada? <laughs> yeah, that was nice. <laughs> Tremblant. Tremblant. That's good. That is. Take that. Um, I, liked his, uh, I liked a couple of his answers for sure. And, you know, the one that kind of stands out to me is just, you know, his, his routine and the way he tried to prepare himself. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's something to be said about just were you a routine guy i was a routine guy i was not superstitious yeah um that's healthy but everyone, someone throws throws you off you got to be able to but every once in a while it. i'm like okay if i'm on a roll like why mess with it yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but no i was not uh buried in this i have to do this and i have to do that yeah but what what a regular routine does is it kind of kicks in your natural reaction to things mm-hmm. and if it if it becomes habit forming in a good way then you won't get caught up in how big the moment is sometimes right you let it's your automatic you right let your subconscious kind of take over and sometimes the body will just move without you actually putting a lot of emphasis on it mentally mm-hmm. and that's i think what he's talking about yeah does y- that make sense it does you know hockey's so fluid like golf, people will have a swing trigger, right? You do all these things and you get above the ball and, you know, whatever it is that for certain people before they hit it, it's not like that in hockey where you have to be open-minded, you know, to a flow state and change a game and react. And so trying to get your brain in a position that's not too rigid is good, but you need to be rigid enough that you're prepared in the way that you usually are. You feel the same, you're able, you're right, but able to react the same. So it takes time to sort of dial in what a routine looks like. Obviously, he's been at it for a long time, and he's maybe the most consistent player on the team that's not named TJ Brody. I think routine in all facets of life is super important. Like, I, you know... Totally for, agree. For me, like, every single day I do the exact same thing before I come to work. Like, at Which the same is time, nothing. No, okay. Yeah, yeah, nothing. I do, I do nothing <laughs> Just kidding. No, Just no, kidding. but like, you know, get up around the same time, walk the dog at the same time, make breakfast, coffee, everything exact same time, come to work around the same time. Yeah. And like, I went away for a while, went to Mexico, sure, it was great. But like, even by the end of that, I'm like, kind of missing the routine, kind of missing like... Big time. Getting in... And I think if we're, we are creatures of habit, though, that's what I mean. Well, I think and now with kids, too, it's wild. As an, like, NHLer, that, it's, as an NHLer, I would be the exact same way, like do everything at the exact same time, take the same route, same yeah. coffee before the game. Like it, to me, that stuff matters big time. And it obviously There's matters to John. that routine, right? It is. Yes, absolutely. Like I just I love hearing him talk about that, too, because it does matter big time. Look at this, the best players like Sid is a freak mm-hmm. with his routine. 
Like it, he goes into the rink the same way, well, tapes his stick. How, like, how about the warm-up? Yeah. Right? Exactly. Which Hockey thing. Night in Canada showed us on many occasions that, you know, his stretching the, and his the stretching yeah. and the wiggle and the yeah. oh, yeah, it's all part of a part of the plan. Um, so, you know, I thought it was really interesting. Well, and he actually said a number of interesting things tonight or today, but just hearing him talk about, I guess, his teammates here and how easy it is to play with math or sorry, whether it's Marner and, uh, and Willie, I guess that is sort of unsurprising, but you know, being reflective of his career and just being proud of the whole thing and proud of coming to Toronto, right? Like that was a big decision, but clearly it's one of the things in his career that he's proud of. So and oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, uh, no, you got another point before I make. Uh, I kind of, I don't want to, kind of bring the energy down, but I'm gonna have a, gonna give you guys a dose of reality. All right, but go ahead, Sammy. I was just gonna say that we. It was. I was gonna get into a bigger conversation about Johnny T about just his legacy and what's coming up here. So maybe you could go ahead. No, uh, that's exactly what I was gonna get into. Okay, perfect. So to me, these next, he's got two more years after this one on the contract, which is crazy to think about, but these next. Two and a half years are such massive swing years for his legacy in terms of like if they go to a final or, you know, whatever that happens, if they happen to somehow win the cup in the next couple of years, what his perception will be in this city versus if they'll get put out in the first round a couple of years in a row again. Yeah, like, if he, yeah, if yeah, they yeah. never win a playoff round and he's a 48-point guy next year, it's different. They win a cup, he's, you know. I'm, I'm going to say the exact same thing that Sammy said, mm-hmm. but it ain't. The next two years or three years, it's three months. Yeah, yeah, and we can go back to our earlier conversation on on Brody and how he can kind of get away with things because he's in that sweet spot. J- JT's not in that sweet spot. He is going to have to lead. He's going to have to produce mm-hmm. in the first round and hopefully the second or third round, or else he's going to be one of those guys that will get killed if they get knocked out in the first round. And yeah. and 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 now Sammy uh, a first round knockout puts Brendan Shanahan, Kyle Dubas and the Shanahan plan all in jeopardy, which means you don't know what the next few years may look like for John Tavar- Tavares or yeah. or a lot of other guys. So I don't think he's oblivious to that, that pressure. No, 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 absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. But that's that's the reality here that it's in the next three months, in that first round of the playoffs, it will be, hey, John, uh, you're a point-of-game guy. If this thing goes seven, we want seven points, maybe eight, and, yeah. and you're going to lead us here because – that's what you're supposed to do when you're making $11 million a year. Yeah, they play seven games, and he gets five or six points. He'll get killed. If he gets seven or eight points, he'll be a hero. You know, like it's... it's Do we advance with your five or six? Yeah, it's right. on a knife's edge. It is. It really is. Okay, two things that we need to cover off to. Uh, number one is... Uh, the the ticket costs. <laughs> so the he's like the the team was really helpful with that. He must have got a discounted box or something. The boys or, gave him his two tickets each. Right, obviously, I'm like you can't come on air and say that. That's circumventing the salary cap. They arranged the box. JT, don't go on any more shows and tell them that the team looked after me. <laughs> no, I no. feel like they might have given him. Like some of the, t- the teams maybe gave, like he makes a lot of money, so it's hard for me to picture them 
buying his tickets for them, but maybe they bought some extra tickets for them. Well, every player gets two tickets. Yeah. You got 20 guys in the I guess and say, here's my two, I John, for the 40. night. You know? But he said he had 70 people there? 60 or 70, he said, yeah. Um, and How do you give a smile like Bellis, that? What do you think went down? I, I, ca- I called his answer almost verbatim. Yeah, you nailed it. <laughs> okay. You nailed it. But I did kind of tee it up beautifully <laughs> for him. I just lobbed it up, and he hit it you, right you out of the park with your answer. And he hit it, for sure. No, there's no doubt about it, but it, it is the funny. classic, we can only control <laughs> what we can control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Uh, mm. You know, to his credit, that, that was a insightful, thoughtful interview, and you can't say that about every interview you do with players. So for the record and for the people listening, we are, you know, we don't always want players on our show because it's tough to get them to be interesting. And I thought Tavares did a good job, but you know, that is typically for our preference. I don't always love it. I thought that was great. Yeah. 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 It was, it was great. And our thanks to the Toronto Maple Leafs for offering them. Yes. Which absolutely. doesn't happen very often, but when it does hey, we'll, we're we'll, appreciative. We, we are, are appreciative. Sure. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. And off uh, the back end, uh, Darryl, uh, Darren Pang. Ooh. We haven't had him on in a while, former NHL goalie, hockey analyst for TNT, and a very good friend of the show. Darren Pang, coming up after the break. Breaking down the biggest stories in Toronto sports. The Fan Morning Show with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. The Kipper is Justin Bourne. Waiting on Darren Pang, former NHL goalie, hockey analyst, TNT. Maybe Panger fills in for Rick Tockett now. They're looking. It's not an easy fill. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. They got Keith Yandel on Under- the on the desk once in a while. You know, Gretz could use a couple of reps, probably. You betcha. Gretz doesn't work. I know. I've noticed. He's been on like two shows. I know. It was like an outdoor game. There's only a guy on this very show that was super personable and great on TV. That might fit TNT. Do it, Kip. I'm not dealing with the border. (laughs) The border. They can send American American money up here and I'll do it uh, the pandemic style on remote. A hologram at the desk. They got they got options at TNT. Those days are over. Yeah. All right. The new generation now. You, JB. I don't know that I could fill Rick Tockett's shoes. I am available, though, were that to be of interest. Look at Sammy working really hard to find Panger now. Now, a bit of an audible because Panger was supposed to come on earlier in the mm-hmm. show, and then uh, John Tavares was available. We traded him straight up at 345. For Ralphie, though. I mean, I hate to b- bust on Ralphie here. Where did Ralphie come in? Ral- this is Ralphie's slot. <laughs> We're going to have Sammy. Ralphie tomorrow. Was, was Ralphie in the deal? Listen. Did Ralphie help? Uh, we love the, the Toronto Maple. Cap? We love the Toronto Maple Leafs very much for help providing John Tavares today, but it came at a very last minute. So <laughs> we moved some stuff around. We kept Panger for today, and we'll have Jim Ralph tomorrow. And Panger's on the line right this very moment. Oh my gosh, Panger, where you been? Oh, you know what? If you had Ralphie, was that Jim Ralph? Oh yeah. Is there any other Ralphie? 
Did you say Ralphie? Ralph Early? Yeah. There's no other Ralphie. Ralphie Ralphie and I, man, do we go back a long way. He uh he emceed my wedding in nineteen eighty seven. What? My first roommate of pro hockey in Milwaukee. What was his fee back then? Yeah, yeah, in Milwaukee too. <laughs> what was what? What was his fee back then? His fee. What did he oh, charge he did you the to MC? For free. I know <laughs> nothing. He did, he did it for free for me because he said I'm a special little bald guy, and he would do it for free for me. What an honor! Well, that's so funny. We should have had you on at the same time. You guys, I'm sure, have some stories. Are you go guys back. the same age? No, Ralphie's uh, Ralphie's a couple of years older than me. Um, Kipper, he uh, he, you know, he was an all-time great Ottawa 67. He played as an underage. Yeah, and then I got drafted. I got drafted to Belleville, and then the so then the year before that, Ralphie went to or the or maybe it was two years before that he went to you know turn pro with Chicago, and then I got traded to Ottawa, and then I signed with the Blackhawks, and so I was at training camp with Ralphie. We were roommates on the road uh, in uh, in Milwaukee. We we uh, Randy Boyd as well. We had the time of our lives uh, until Ralphie hurt his knee. Ralphie was a great goalie. He was the next guy up for the Blackhawks. He hurt his knee in Toledo, Ohio against the gold diggers. I think Don Waddell was on that team. Um, and, uh, and so then his career kind of slowed down after that. And wouldn't you know it, I got called up. Uh, the Blackhawks had an injury, and I got called up and played my first game. And poor Ralphie was sitting there with a big cast over his knee with a torn MCL, and he got the nine of hearts, and, uh, and I, got the, uh, I, I, got, I got the puck. I got, to, I got to play a game. So I always felt bad for Ralphie for that, to be quite honest with you, and I stay close to him to this day. This yeah, just day. buy him a beer nachos he'll be fine, He's fine. <laughs> well you don't you don't think i haven't bought him a beer before <laughs> oh maybe, maybe two or three yeah uh, that's for sure so that's listen so what's um, going on with you boys today anyway, i'm in winnipeg it's about minus 50 here so uh like tnt big game no i got the it's actually the only game in the nhl tonight if you actually looked at the nhl game schedule kipper you see that there's only one game tonight. Toronto's not playing, actually. There's a, the Winnipeg and St. Louis are the only game in action tonight. I'm sorry, there's other teams in the league? <laughs> there, oh, I was going to remind you of that. Yeah, there are other teams in the league, yeah. I'm not sure if you knew that. Well, um, we're going into the All-Star break here, <laughs> Panger. And uh, Boston all of a sudden has lost a couple, and the Leafs beat Washington. Um uh, is this kind of uh, the Bruins coming down to earth or uh, anybody have thoughts, including the Leafs, of catching them? Uh, you're wasting your time. Uh, oh, no. I, listen, we got lots of hockey left to go here, Kipper. I mean, loads of hockey. Momentum momentum, and getting on a roll, uh, Boston has been impressive. I, I mean, the only thing that can stop Boston probably is Boston. You know, um, Trying to keep this up, I think of the was it the 1977 Montreal Canadiens when Scotty Bowman was coaching, and then when Scotty was coaching the Red Wings in what 95, 96. That's uh, you know the most points, and they were. I mean, how do you keep going every single game and keep your game up? Um, so I, th- I think Boston naturally was going to find themselves in a bit of a lull, and Carolina played a pretty decent game there too. You know, yesterday they're, they're that's a pretty darn good team. I got them Wednesday on TNT in Buffalo, and I. I love watching Carolina play, but I going back to you. I think Toronto has a has a chance. I, I mean, I knocked down some of the teams. I mean, Carolina and Toronto 
would have the only chance for me of catching the Boston Bruins at this particular point in the Eastern, in the East. So, Panger, you got the Blues-Jets Nobody game else. tonight. You know, a little bit fascinated by this Blues team that, you know, for a while there was like, here they come again, it's the Blues, and they've lost four straight. And, you know, frankly, not great luck. Some of the games losing Arizona, I think, 5 nothing. Where are they at? Is this still a team that has hopes of playoffs and contention, or is it kind of turning the other way here? Well, how, how many of them do the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, are they knocking on the door at the trade deadline? Um, right. Uh, they are, you know, they are a team right now that, I mean, I, this is just me. I don't personally, you know, see the UFAs on, on the, on the blues team. The UFAs are Ivan Barbashev's a UFA. Nola Chari's a UFA. Vladdy Tarasenko's a UFA and Nico Mikola, big defenseman is a UFA. And so is obviously uh, O'Reilly. So there's your UFAs right there. And, and, you know, I, I would have to think at this particular point, Army has seen the good, he's seen the hope, he's seen some will, and then I think he's seen some games like you just mentioned, uh, Borny, that, that, you know, that, listen, they, they lost at home to Chicago, and then they trailed in the game early. They lost at home to Buffalo, they trailed 4 nothing in the game, and they trailed one nothing after 20 seconds and 2 nothing after a minute and 25 and then they went into Arizona. They trailed in that game, and they lost it. Didn't score a goal on the Arizona Coyotes, who played actually a really hard game and played like a team that was thinking they were going to make the playoffs, to be quite honest with you. And then they went into Colorado and fell behind in that game. So for four straight games, they fell behind by three or more goals. And uh, and so that would tell me that Doug Armstrong, who is going to be heading out to Europe and doing some scouting uh, this upcoming week, I mean, I would have to think that he's looking at all those UFAs and sending out texts to the NHL and saying, hey, th- this is what I got. These are the UFAs. You know, is there, is there interest out there? Which I'm sure there's going to be tons of interest if that's the case. We're talking to Darren Pang, former National Hockey League goaltender, top analyst on TNT and for the St. Louis Blues. We had <laughs> Army, Panger, we had Army on maybe about three weeks ago, a month ago, and uh, we talked a little bit about uh, the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. And there was a sense that even if he was going to unload a few, he doesn't think that this team has to bottom out by any stretch, uh, not when you have the likes of a a Thomas or a a Cairo. So um, is there a chance that we may only see like one or two guys move out and uh, and St. Louis still in the hunt uh, a year or two from now to challenge? You know what? I, I think so. I, I, I agree with Army. I, I mean, I, if he saw a little bit more, like, determination and competitiveness and togetherness from this club in, in the last couple of weeks, um, then, you know, I, I could see him still moving, moving a, a UFA uh, based on the fact that, I'll just be hypothetical, let's just say that it's an Ivan Barbashev, you know, that is finally going to get a payday. He's been underpaid for so long in this league. I know his agent is the same agent as Ilya Mikhaev, who got 4.75 with Vancouver. Um, I think Barbashev is probably maybe looking at a price right now that uh, that that may be a little maybe maybe high. So maybe you get a lot for, for him because I think you would get a lot for him. Uh, he's the kind of guy that can move into any um, top competing cup contender and and just blend in play play his heart out. He's a good four checker. He's a smart player. He's been number one or number two on the PK. Um, he gets some number two minutes on the, on the power play and he can play center or he can play wing. So, you know, what I'm saying is, you know, I'm 
Army would look at whoever brings the most and say, listen, I can move that player, get some assets, and and uh, and who knows at the end of the day, maybe he comes back and re-signs with me. But this team is not a bottom-out team, not a chance. Not when you've got Pareko and Falk and you got Krug and, uh, you know, Letty, and you mentioned Cairo and, and Thomas. you got Shen for another five years. you got Brandon Saad. I mean, th- these are all really good NHL players. And, and uh, you know, maybe, maybe like, I don't know what's going to happen with Ryan O'Reilly, guys. I have no idea, but I love the guy. I think the world of him. And I think this team would be, uh, uh, you know, much worse place if he's if he's not a member of the St. Louis Blues. But if anybody gets Ryan O'Reilly at the deadline, uh, he will. He may be the guy that gets them over the top. Barbashev sounds like a perfect fit for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'll say it right here. What do you think the Leafs would have to give up to get him? I think I, I think he would. Now that part, I honestly that part I don't know. Uh, you know what? I. It, you know, I think every general manager looks at their players and has a, a high value for them, especially a guy that, that was a big part of winning the Stanley Cup. You guys remember it. Like, he and Alexander Steen and, and Oscar Sundquist were on the same line. They started every shift, every period. They went up against the other team's best players. I mean, you know, he's got that experience. He's only 27 years old. He can skate well. He never, he doesn't get hurt. So, I mean, if I'm looking at a player to go on to a Stanley Cup t- contender and be a seamless addition, because that's what you want. You don't want to upset the apple cart. You know, when you're when you think that you have a chance to win the Stanley Cup, the last thing you can do is maybe and I'll just I'll say this out loud, but you know, like last year the Panthers they, they brought up a, a former cap I mean a captain of the Philadelphia Flyers there. All of a sudden you look at the power play and now who's gonna be there? It's gonna be Drew's gonna take that half wall spot, he's gonna the puck's gonna go through him. Anyway, there's a lot of times where things are going really well. You may not have to add that kind of player. But a, a player like a Barbashev, even like a Nola Chari has actually played really, really well for the Blues. Those are the kind of pieces that put teams over the top. You know, the Butch Gorings, you know, that kind of guy. And that's Barbashev is a really good person, a really hard worker, and a, and a really good player. Well, you'll have to excuse us for, you know, picking at the not yet carcass here a little bit in Toronto. But I want to know about Nico Mikola. This guy's six foot four, left shot, D man. Uh, defense is a priority. Does he ever get angry? Is there is there anything there? Is, is there a lot of a little muzzin from his in his prime in him? Oh uh, yeah, he's he's actually got some he got he's got some angst to him. Okay. He's uh he's not he's not afraid to do anything like that. He's not a great he's not going to go drop drop the mitts and scare anybody. But he's uh he's a he's a he's a very competitive person. He's a Finn. You know they always look like they're on the ice and they've got a little anger to them. Right. Um, and that's 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 Nico. Nico's a Nico's a good kid. Very unique that he's a no. That's a UFA at a young age and a guy that uh, played really really well here. And I, I think he's at one point seven five, maybe something like that. So uh, that 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 will be interesting if he's a defenseman that moves along because the Blues had Perunovic on injured reserve all year, Marco Scandella. Uh, so they do have some depth. They've got Robert Bortuzzo for another year, and they've got Callie Rosen, I think, for another year as well. So they do have some depth back there, but. Uh, no, Nico's a Nico's a good player. He's a good defender. You know what he does? He's a good defender. He stops the he stops the cycle. You know that's what coaches talk about this time. Can you stop the cycle? You got a long stick. Will you block shots? Are you a good penalty killer? And that's that's what Nikola is. Me sure. Seattle Panger done in the playoffs. They can't blow this lead, Ooh. can they? Going into the All Star break. Wow, sixty. I'm looking at it right now. Hang on, Kipper. Sixty-three points. That I, I think they're going to be in it at the end. I, I, I mean, in it. I mean, fighting for fighting for a spot at the end. I 
I think the veteran teams are going to pick up some steam here. I think Calgary's going to pick up steam. Colorado's not going to look back. You know, Edmonton's Edmonton's right there. L.A. You know, Seattle's the team that you wonder about because of you know where they were last year and how they played. But man, have they turned it around the way they're playing. Kipper, I don't know if you've seen them play very much, yeah. but man, they they play fast. They get the puck up the ice. Like you know, they got. I don't know. They got some. Oh, they got some, some good depth pieces and some feisty players up front. Yeah, and they they do. I and can I see them dropping off a little bit and and having to really fight for that last oh wild card one or wild card two? Yeah, I can because I think the veteran teams that have been there and done that before are the ones that are going to continue to climb up the ladder in those tough games in the last month of March. Pinger, you got the uh, the Jets you're you're mentioning tonight. You know, that's a, a one of Canada's hopes here. You know, they, they got off to a really hot start. And they struggling yeah. a little bit of late. What do you make of that Jets team and their ability to contend this year? Well, they haven't played well their last three, that's for sure. And that's what Rick Bonus was saying this morning. I mean, they got shut out by Philly in the last one. But you know how many teams have got beat by Chicago and Philly and, and, and Arizona? You know, lately, it's it's been quite amazing. Um, but they're a good team. I, I I'm... Listen, I, I think they're I think they're rock solid. Um, they got good they got good defensive zone coverage. Um, that's one thing that the Blues haven't been doing very well. They're, they they haven't been a five man unit kind of defending and skating hard back to their own net net. They give up too many chances, and the Winnipeg Jets, by and large, take care of their own. Uh, even though Hellebuck's a three time All Star, so you know what I, I I like them. I, I I like them, and I think this place is such a home ice advantage. I I just. You know, it gets going here. The the atmosphere is incredible, and uh, and I, I think this is their time to kind of move forward here, especially with the way Morrissey's playing and Pionk. I think they're simplifying their decor. Just plays a simple game, and they play hard for one another. So yeah, I'm 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 liking what I see there with the Winnipeg Jets for sure. And really, I, a ton of pressure on Shovel Day off to add to this because regardless of what you think moving forward, twelve yeah. to eighteen months with so many key guys in contract situations. This team's going to look vastly different uh, in a year and a half. Yeah, yeah, very, very much so. But uh, he has not been afraid to pull the trigger on a deal at the deadline. And you know, a lot of times he he goes for that center ice position. He went for Hayes. He went for Stastny. Um, I don't think he has to do that now with Dubois and Shifley and Lowry. And who's that third line? Oh, Kevin Stenland, yeah, the former Stenlin. Uh, Columbus Blue Jacket. The pick so you know so i I mean i I wouldn't think that he has to do too much there unless he's afraid of the lack of experience on that fourth line and wants to wants to improve that but those are the kind of players that i mean they're not a dime a dozen out there but i just mentioned one myself and nola cherry like you know i mean you're 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 not going to give up a whole lot and i'm not saying that nola cherry's going anywhere i'm just saying he's a ufa that fits whatever need uh you know you need to have at the deadline like uh, a right-hand shot that wins 52% of the draws that's been in the Stanley Cup final before and, and, and played hard for, for a Bruce Cassidy. So, I mean, I think that's that and probably a depth D and that's probably, I, I would think that's probably it for the Winnipeg Jets and then just move along and, and see how you can do. I think, I think they can challenge anybody in the Western Conference and give themselves a chance. Before we let you go, Panger, just get your thoughts on the Leafs' goaltending situation. Ilya Samsonov has kind of become the guy. Uh, maybe a nagging injury for Matt Murray is partially why. You know, where do they go from here? Do you think they need another goalie, knowing that Murray is a bit of a Fabergé egg at times? A little, you know, not to blame him, but it is, it's yeah. tough, right, Kipper? <laughs> yeah. It's a tough league. It, it is. It, it, that is tough. I mean, I, 
Well, you know, you know, he's he has a he has obviously history of, of getting injured and odd right. injuries. And crazy. I think the last time I was on 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 the program here, this award winning program that I'm on, I was <laughs> I was I was talking about how you know his lateral movement, how he goes post to post, how he pushes out. There's a lot of things that just look a little awkward, and then bang, it's just one little fall, and and you know you've got it, you've got an injury that you don't know if he can come back and play in. So, um, yeah, if I'm this, this is just me talking. If I'm the Toronto Maple Leafs, I, I don't mind adding a veteran uh, to have at the at the deadline. And worst case scenarios, you've got three NHL goalies that you've got that have experience. If you can make a move for an NHL goalie, have experience, and you can you know, have three goaltenders in your first round playoffs. So your number one guy hardly even skates. So you've got that competitiveness there, but you've got somebody that's ready to go. And uh, um, there's, I mean, again, there's a load of veteran NHL goaltenders that are out there that are UFAs. Thomas Grice is with the Blues. He's, no, he's one of them, but there's a number of them that you go around the league and you say, well, would that guy be helpful? And could he win a game for us? That's what you also have to think about. You're not just going to trade for an older goaltender, a veteran guy, and, and his game has passed him by. Uh, you have to know that that guy's going to put on the pads, and if he ends up being the number two because of an injury, that he can step in and be, you know, the first, second, or third star in a in a playoff game. Because otherwise, what's the point of having him? I mean, what do they say about it? he's a good guy? He's a good guy in the room. Just leave him there. You don't want that kind of guy. You want a guy that can get out on the ice and and uh, and make a difference and and uh, win yourself a win a playoff round. So, and answering your question, yes, I I would uh, I would factor in there and make sure that I've got one more guy there that's NHL ready. And uh, not just a great prospect. And I know they've got some great prospects there, but uh, you want a guy that wouldn't be shy when the lights are at its brightest. See, you're a good guy in the room too. And that's why I'm hoping that maybe Rick Tockett left you a couple of suits so you could jump on the panel seamlessly. Well, that's exactly right. And that's what exactly what I'm going to do, Kipper. I'm going to go to just some of that and take up the spot of Tockett. I, I can't believe that the, that Dickie left us. I'm really sad by that. I thought he was really getting, I think he was really coming into his own uh, on that panel and, and kept that panel, I think together. So I'm uh, yeah, that's a, that's a bummer, but good for him. I'm, I'm glad he's, uh, I'm glad he's out there. I know that when you, if you've coached before, you know, it's hard to not coach you. It's in your blood. So, but, uh, but certainly going to be missed. Maybe I'll get you on there, Kipper, a couple of times. No, no, I, I love watching. And now it's gone to another level. And the next oh, time, you're a beauty. The, the next time um, Biz sings on the show, can they not find you a spot with like a tambourine or something just off the side? Tambourine would be the perfect musical instrument for me. <laughs> perfect. The tambourine. Yes. Yes. Oh, boy. Hey, it's uh, it's turning yeah. into quite. I'm the... sure you guys have covered a lot, uh, a lot of. Sorry, but I was just going to say that I'm sure you've, you've covered uh, a lot of uh, the uh, Bobby uh, Robert Marvin Hall passing away today. We're getting there. Yes, yes, um, yeah. We lost a legend. No yeah. question about that. Uh, uh, yeah. The NHL alum- alumni announcing uh, the death of uh, Hall of Famer Bobby Hall. Um, yeah, one of one of the very best. I mean, when I was a kid. Uh, the number nine came up, and my dad's like, "Grab it, grab it, grab number nine, because that's that." Gordy Howe and Bobby Hall—that's what you knew, right? And the Rocket, of course. And the Rocket, yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. You know, a, fu- a funny story. I'm sorry if you if you run out of time, but I'm, no, we're good. Funny story, but when he was coming back uh, to play for the uh, the Hartford Whalers when the NHL merged and everything, Bobby was trying to make a comeback, and he was either going to go to the Rangers or, or the Hartford Whalers, and I was. I was practicing with the Belleville Bulls at the time, 
and we were getting ready for our season. And, and Bobby's, Bobby's son, uh, Bobby Jr., was trying out as well. So Bobby would skate with us. And, and I just remember him coming down that Quinty arena that we had. Remember, it was 100 by 200, that big arena, uh, Kipper. Yep. And it was Bobby Hull flying down the wing, trying to score, trying to skate, trying to keep up as he was trying to make a comeback uh, in the NHL with the Hartford Whalers at that time. And uh, I'll never, I'll never, I mean, I'll never forget it just because we had the opportunity to have Bobby Hall like on the ice with us, even though it was at the very end and he, and he could hardly play anymore, but man, it was unbelievable to see him there. Well, Panger, we really appreciate your time on the show, man, as always uh, great stuff. Uh, have a great call tonight uh, in Winnipeg and we'll catch up to you soon, man. I will, bud. Thanks, Banger. That sounds great, you guys. Keep up the great work. You too, Talk buddy. to you later, boys. Darren Pang. Uh, yeah, just uh, just Bobby Hall. I mean, mm-hmm. when it comes to the slap shot and how everything uh, evolved around, uh, you know, bigger than life kind of uh, personality. Yeah. Uh, he he carried it uh, for a good portion uh, in the. Uh, in the sixties. Yeah. You know, I, I obviously can't speak to any of that. And what's so challenging talking about this sort of stuff is obviously uh, a lot of off ice stuff with Bobby Hall. And, you know, um, so all I can do is kind of go off what other people say. I read it. Here's a tweet from uh, Gare Joyce, um, who talking about uh, Bobby Hall today. He says sublime talent, good to great teammate, lousy sibling, son, absent father, abusive and violent husband, guy who signed the biggest contract in sports later broke. This is Gary Joyce, a guy who made hundreds of players, a hundred million dollars and none of them gave him a job until he was in Chicago. You know, he says, tell me where I've got it wrong. Um, you know, he was not always beloved as a guy, Bobby Hall, you know, an incredible legacy as a player, obviously hall of famer, Bobby Hall dead at age 84. Okay. The Bruins. Yes. Losers. Of three in a row. Like, like, we haven't said that all year. Right? We have not said that all year. It, Seven. It was just a matter of time, wasn't it? Yes. I mean, every team goes through this skid at some point. Again, it's 82-game season, good team or not. You got a couple injuries, a couple of bad bounces here and there. Three in a row, though. You know what kind of sucks C- for me? is that we we know they're coming in town on Wednesday and somebody wins 5-2, somebody loses 5-2. It's the last one before the break. Oh, yeah. Someone's pulling out the, we've already checked out or we're already on all-star break or we're already oh, on. And you think it, it takes away from the oh, matchup? Oh, 100%. Damn it. I'm not, I don't envision playoff intensity. I don't envision what we saw just a few days before between Boston Mm. and Tampa Bay. It's just, it's the last one. It's really hard. And this isn't just a hockey thing, but you at home listening can, you know what it's like before a four day, the last day before a long weekend or. Last day before Christmas. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's not the same. And so as a player, you tell yourselves, okay, it's, you know, one more focus. It matters just the same, but there's a different feel to, okay, we actually have a week before we play after this. We can go out to the Bahamas or to Mont-Tremblant did, or whatever. Sammy, after. did you see the turnover from David Pasternak to... Yes. It's about If yes. Willie Nylander did that, Kipper, the show that we would have talking about that turnover he made, and then you're like, I love pasta. It's like, oh. 
He's just he's just rich uh, man's uh, knee lander. Yeah, I, he's rich man's knee lander. Tough Willie. Tough Willie with 12 he's, inches. No, he's not even I that's tough. I he mean, turns the puck over. He no. gives bad efforts on other nights. Like, he's he's not perfect. No. Pastra. Well, listen, when you when you run the risk of doing what he does every night and on a lot of nights where it turns out well, uh, you can live with that. I, I don't... I, I don't think he's the type of player that's notoriously been known as being as high risk as maybe Willie in the past. Now, mm-hmm. Willie's cleaned up a lot of his game, and the majority of it comes on the backs of him being a lot more focused and a lot more engaged from shift to shift. It is crazy. You know, Willie, the, you know, we talked about TJ Brody and how we never come in here and say he had a bad game. You know, Willie had a stretch of five or six games where he didn't score, you know, and that's like the only stretch, really. And even then he was fine. Like, he hasn't... Willie still is going to find nights where he cheats and pulls out early. Yeah, but listen, I saw, you know, I watched the Oilers play the other night. And the greatest player on earth, Connor McDavid, there's a puck bouncing out to the point. And he blows past the puck, hoping that it best gives on the D-man. I'm saying the best offensive players take some chances. No, no, 100%. And they will. Yeah, and they have to. Continue to do that. Yeah, it's worth it. But it it also has been noted over the last few years that Connor needed to be better defensively and that if they were going to go to the next level, then he's going to have to make a better commitment Mm -hmm. in his own zone. Yeah. That's been out there for quite a while. Yeah. And, you know, the odds of McDavid, like if he get, if it bounces over a D-man stick and you're Kerfoot, you don't want to take that chance and cheat because you're probably not scoring on that breakaway. Whereas Willie and McDavid, the rewards are huge. If it bounces, they're probably going to score. So I get why he has, but you're right. Come playoffs, you don't want to be on the wrong end of that equation where you fly the yeah. zone and they're yeah. going the other way. And at the end of the day, I mean... For Sammy to kind of compare the two and the success that Pasternak has had in, in, in the playoffs, and I haven't seen too many of those turnovers over his career, mm. you, you live with that. Mm. And right. I, I don't, you know, if... I just don't think they're if, if as Willie, different if, as everyone If Willie was that. to do that Wednesday night, I don't think he'd get killed. I think he's... He's earned some grace. He's, he's, yeah, there's just going to be that... that um, that acceptance, Sammy, that you go, okay, this is what he does. Sometimes you you got to you got to take a chance on creativity when you have that world class talent. And you're going to have to live with it. Yeah, Willie is uh, 14th in the NHL in scoring right now, 59 points, 28 goals. Marner also has 59 points. You think he's pissed? He's Matthews not going to the All Star game. You know how many Matthews has? 53. Six points behind Willie and Mitch, although he's played less games. But sorry, ask me that again. Yeah. Is he pissed he's not going to the All-Star game? He is going now, isn't he? Is he going? I don't know. Did they? No. Did somebody get hurt? I thought I heard something that he was going. Maybe not. Oh. Um, if I <laughs> had to bet. Where did that come out of the if it, sky? If it is about the All-Star game, I don't know the answer. <laughs> Would you think that he'd want to go, though? He Would didn't you... get. He's not there. Yeah. It's, not there. Barkov not... replaced him. Okay. Yeah, Barkov, Barkov replaced did. him. Okay. But no, I don't think he'd want to go. Oh, actually, wait, let me change that. I got. I do think he'd want the honor once in his career, at least. I, I got to think that you know maybe there's still a chance between now and you know midweek that somebody gets hurt and he can he can. I would think he'd yeah. be left. He'd be the only one left right now that you would go. How is he not in? Uh, he'd be the next replacement if someone pulled the shoot for sure. And in you know how injuries are this time. If anyone has a visible bruise, they'll check out right. 
like Nathan McKinnon got asked about, you know, going what he's doing over the all-star break. And he was like, I got voted in. So I'm going (laughs) just like so disappointed. It's like, no, that may happen to Willie here. Uh, Oh, oh, I was gonna say there's another all-star, excuse me, all-star game thing that Matty Beneers is not going and he's injured. And his replacement is not a squid. So there is no squid represented at the All-Star game. Actually, I think same with Vegas. I want to say... Chandler Stevenson is his replacement. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. So there's no squid involved. So that's a good sign. Fine, that they will do that. And if if nobody notices or cares in Seattle, then maybe next year you can have real All-Stars and not care about having every team represented. You hate to rip on guys, but you can't talk about the NHL all year without, you know, some guys don't have good seasons. I watched uh, that Blackhawks game against the Oilers the other night. Seth? Yeah. Not good. Not good. All-star. Like, calling him an all-star is, you know, he hasn't been an all-star this year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... He, I think that's fair to say. You know, it, it and, and so the, what are we doing? Is, you is take he, away credibility of the game. Is, is he the, uh, the most noticeable out of all of them? Because... I think so. The NHL did a good job of kind of making sure... Every team's there wasn't anything too controversial. I just don't like if you're maybe Patrick Kane didn't want to go. You know, like I'm just thinking, even if his, he's got 30 points or something, it's not like he's been a schlub. He's a Hall of Famer in weight. You know, you think you would have Kane go, but I'm sure Kane took the option. Okay, um, bring me up to speed on Mikheyev this weekend because there was a lot of tweets coming from uh, Ilya Mikheyev, kind of uh, justifying. Uh, pulling himself out of the lineup to get healthy yeah. for next season. In perfectly crafted English, by the way. So what are we insinuating here? That, uh, why did sh- someone uh, say, hey, we need a PR statement here? Okay, but why? Because the Canucks are getting buried in the PR front. And the Tanner Pearson injury, they messed up and people were quick to go. They must have messed up this Mikheyev thing too. Is that a fair connection? So why don't they do it why why does a player feel like he needs to justify uh a health decision they just give him 20 million dollars <laughs> can you do this for us please <laughs> listen as far as that gives me 20 schmill i'll say some that's things for just... him let me tell you yeah, <laughs> yeah i i think that's part of it and so i do believe that mckay have you know would have been eager to get out there and clarify the message people saying that they botched his injury or whatever but again we know he he learned english very recently and it is like flawlessly written, and I'm sure he got help with it to get the message across across clearly. But it does seem like a PR message. But they two cents. they wanted him to play. They thought at the start of this year that they were going to be a winning team because of the way they closed last year. He's their big ticket item. They remember I, I remember Frank Cervelli reported it, and then he got killed for it. Remember that earlier in the year that he's reported that they no. were, he tore his ACL. Yeah, like there was a report in during camp that he did it. And then he, you know, they walked it back and they said he didn't, he's going to play. And then he plays with a partially torn ACL. Did Hyman do that for the Leafs? Did he play in playoffs with a torn? Yeah, he did. He did. Something CL? ACL. Yeah. So, he, like, he you was can taking, play on He was on taking it. draws on his weak side. Thanks, Babs. Yeesh. Yeah, you can play on it. Listen, this is, uh, this wasn't as big of a deal when I played, but it's a very big deal now in terms of, you know, who's hurt, who's not, who's playing hurt, who's not, who's responsible, who's not. Like Pacioretty with Carolina now uh, is coming off of uh, surgery for mm-hmm. his Achilles tendon that, that uh, you know, people are questioning. 
So let me ask you and, this. And he's UFA. Yeah. Interesting to see who gives so, him a, a kick. Like, how are you getting a new contract now? People are saying, okay, you're you're twice removed off of a bad Achilles tendon and you're he 35 Finland, years eh? old. He got it done in Finland, some like special specialty clinic. I don't blame him. Yeah, he's like, I'm going somewhere totally different to get this figured out. Like, so, where's, like, so how much did he lose? Mm-hmm. Like, he was he came back in a short period of time. I think he had three goals in a few games. Mm-hmm. If he would have been able to go on a nice run, maybe Carolina gets to a conference final, that guy could have been looking at five, six, seven million dollars on a short-term deal next year. Yeah. Who's going to give him that now? No one. It, it, it will be interesting to see what he does get. So it, it does bring up an issue with, like, who should have the final say in when you're good to come back. You know, obviously Jack Eichel's injury looms over all this. The team didn't want him to do what he wanted to do, and the player, you know, deserves to do what he wants to do with his own body. I don't know about you, but, like, when I was injured, I had a torn MCL. I was To the doctors, I was like, you tell me. I don't know. I didn't go to school. Like, I can feel it feels okay. You tell me when I can go back. Who should have the sort of say in terms of these guys? Okay, Ilya, you were gonna, you're going to play. You're going to not play. Do the players decide? What do we know? You, any team could just argue that, you know, we felt you were fine, and uh, but it's your call. Yeah, don't, but I don't want it to be my call, you know? Like, I don't know. Hey, but you... You do want it to be when it doesn't work out in your favor. Yes. And sometimes we're hard on the Leafs for this, boys, about being careful with guys and giving them the extra day. And we joke about the 100 cooks in the kitchen. But, I mean, Murray played last game, and you were saying, why is he even around if he's hurt? I guess that slipped through the cracks. But it's a rare thing for them. Like, they don't – it often doesn't happen like this where they are – like, it's like Brody, like, remember early in the year, like, oh, he's feeling better. He probably could go tonight, but we're going to give him a couple extra days to get ready when he was yeah. coming off the oblique. Same and with that's Tavares. part BR, too, of just, like, demonstrating that they're trying to be careful with people that, you know, always ready, but we're going to give him two more games to even make that a public statement. Like, mm-hmm. there's management of the injury, management of the message, management of the player's expectations. Right. I, feel, I feel like this about all things that I know nothing about, like doing my taxes or whatever. Like, you just tell me what I owe. Like, I'm not going to pretend to know how to fly a plane. I just do words okay. about we got a couple of minutes left. We've okay. got to talk about the Oilers putting in their e-bug, their yes. emergency backup goaltender. Right. Which... Matt Berlin? I don't know. Is it's it... Berlin's his last name. Yeah. I think it's Matt. Like... You know, are we? It's it's fine, but this is still like there's a there's a part of me that is bothered by this being the best league in the world. Yeah, and I think that's know, great that you're just, bothered by that. And we, I'm not just saying that. It's, I'm bothered it's, it's by it. An it's honor the best to get league in, in the world, yeah. and we're handing these things out like it's uh, like we're we're taping Fantasy Island or something, <laughs> you know, and it's like. Buzz, buzz, Make the bug, the bug, boss. <laughs> it's like you know, like what are we doing here? People are paying three hundred bucks. It's not like, uh, you know, what was that? What was that line you gave me before the show, which was pretty good? Oh, I don't know. What did I say? Can I say it? Sure. Yeah. Is this the NHL or is this Make a Wish Foundation? <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. fair. And. <laughs> So I, I, what's the solution, though? I guess it's it. I, I get it's a great gesture, and it is a great moment. But 
are we going to start like you know? It's a hell of a zag, Kipper. I'm here for it. Like, I... well, should every team have like a guy? Like, I wonder if you took an American Hockey League goalie and said instead of playing this year for your American League team, we're going to give you five hundred grand. And you can just practice with us all year long and wait till we might need you. We may never need you. I I, I don't think it's it's Could not every a team in the league do that. It's not a David Ayer situation, right? It's well, a guy. He's a guy. He's a player. He's a goalie. He's a plays for the Golden Bears, the yeah, best now team we're in Canada. Picking people out of the stands to give them their their uh, fantasy moments. No, but this isn't David Ayers. This is guys. No, this I guy know. Was at I least know. A goalie. No, I, yeah, yeah. No, no, he is a goalie. Yeah. But now you're handpicking opportunities. Probably pretty it pissed if you're Chicago, too. Like we had, right. You had no choice. Right. Those were the rules. Whether you like them or not, those are the rules. But this one, now you're handing people opportunities I like know. this. Right, Anyways, well, pick it up for another day. Our thanks to Darren Pang and John Tavares, captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs. The most opinionated Maple Leaf show out there. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.